Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, listen, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Ludwig von Wiedendorski. I still get emails. What did you say that guy's name is? Well, it's because you laugh every time they can't understand it. I can't help myself. I'm just being honest with you. But you are the the resident economist. Sure. So let me ask you, try, tell me how you think this meeting goes. I'm reading this from MSN.com, so you know I'm talking far left. But their title, U.S.-China to hold deputy-level bilateral talks on debt. And I threw this on to the top of our our list today because, listen, when, when I look at what's going on in the world on a geopolitical level, when I look at the militaries and the angst, the level of angst on both sides of the, of the world divide, I look back at the United States and I, I think, and by the way, folks, this is not a DNR thing. I am so sick of the DNR debate. Both sides of the aisle, doesn't matter which administrator is in there. I don't care if it's Trump, Bush, even Reagan, Carter, not all of it's the same. We are so indebted as an association of states. Did I? Did he just say association of states? I did. That's what we're supposed to be. I don't have a clue in the world how it is that we've, we the folks, we the people. By the way, not just a handful of folks that run around with we the people signs where only a few of them agree and they think that that's we the people. I mean all the people. How is it that both sides of the aisle, both sides of all the divisions on both sides of the aisle, think that it makes sense to demand so much from our government that we owe our enemies? And so now the United States of America is sitting down like they're sitting down with a credit union they forgot to pay for the last six months. They're sitting down with China. We're the debtor. We're overextended. We owe our enemy too much. And we're going to sit down with them and say, golly, can you can you give us a little bit more, though? Yeah, Ludwig, but- help me. I just don't understand who we've become as a people in total when this stuff, $31 trillion in people's eyes glaze over. Help me understand. Well, it's like 33 trillion now. But. Isn't that insane? Yeah, it's nuts. Because 20 years ago, I think we were at 3 trillion. So the national, the interest on the national debt. Is in hundreds of billions of dollars. Is more than over half of the rest of the country's budgets in the world combined. Yeah. yeah. And you go, wait a minute. Who thinks this is reasonable? And by the way, you got you got factions of political party all across it, Republicans campaigning against the Republican Party, Democrats campaigning against Democrat Party. Every argument ends up with a DNR debate. Well, it's okay if it's a blue guy. Well, no, it's okay if it's a red guy. No, it's not. So let's, we lose our brain. Let's take politics completely out of it. How are you going to do that? Because this, this is, a- is all political. These folks are doing this debt to give their constituents free crap so they get reelected. And, and, and I always hear people will say, that son of a gun only does that to get reelected, as if somehow the voters are not part of that equation. 
Reel me in, help me out. Lynn. I'm trying. This is like pulling in the big bass, right? You I'm can't, sorry. You can't I, quite hook it. <laughs> they get me twisted up. They do. And nothing happens anymore that's of significance to anybody. That's crazy to me. So when I look at the article you sent, I didn't take it as we were the only ones in the hot seat here. Because I, uh, understanding China's debt problem, they're more bankrupt than we are. Right. So, and we have nearly as much of their debt as they have of ours. And that's actually on a global scale. Mo- if we all just wiped each other's debt out, we would be equal. So if they paid us and we paid them, it would darn near be equal. You think so? Darn near. I've not seen numbers that would suggest it's equal, but I do agree with part of what you said. Western society in total, forget country borders, have been drunk on spending money. Folks are spending money, doesn't matter whether we're talking about Germany, the United Kingdom, Canada, with a population equal to a couple of our average states, are drunk on spending. You bring up Europe, if they actually paid back their debt from World War II reconstruction plus interest, that's probably about 25 to 30% of the debt. But, but, but we're not going to get it. But listen, very few folks, because the folks drive this machine. Yeah. I'm, and I get in trouble over this. By, by the way, everybody, I'll get me a bunch of snarky, you know, nasty grams because I'm telling you it's the folks' fault. I believe that. I need 600 free dollars, and I don't care if you cause mega inflation. I didn't say hyperinflation. <laughs> yeah, see? I don't know. I, I, so you're training me. I appreciate you. They don't care. They want the 600 bucks, but it will cost you like... Four grand. But let's go even further. Than to get your want. 600 bucks. We can't touch Social Security or Medicaid, but they're unfunded liabilities right now, contributing over a trillion dollars a year to the debt. Right. So even forget the free money from COVID. This is going back 20, 30, 40 years. And oh, they've no. been. That's what I did when I listed the presidents. Yeah. The COVID thing was the ugliest blip I've seen in my adult life with the way government chose to handle the problem. Yeah. That, that's a separate topic. Jimmy Carter... FDR, all of them were spending money from, in, in fact, I, I'll stop myself at that point, from the, from World War II forward, it's done nothing but grow. Every element of government is out of control, mm-hmm. and they can't decide anything but the population. When I look back, and, I, and I'll get myself pigeonholed sometimes, and I apologize for that, but if you look at the Masonic numbers, the Lodge, the, the folks that are Masons, and people, I hate Masons or I love Masons. I don't care about that. Their numbers are way down. Folks don't want to be involved. Yep. Okay, but Masons are terrible, so let's move on. By the way, I'm a Mason. And, and then you look at another top, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, every other, every other kind of organization you can think of, including church, and not just Christian faith, all faiths, they're down, 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 down. Yep. And it doesn't matter, by the way, if you say that China has a... Uh, uh, People that are literally on the the perpetual sunshine of the moon. By the way, that's a big deal globally, folks, that we are presuming we're so far behind. I don't really know if we are or not, because I trust the government's word about as much as I do CNN's word. I just flatly don't know. But nothing, nothing like this stuff excites anybody anymore. They're walking around with their phones in their hand in a daze, excited about things. I'm just telling you my view of it. But no, I think that's on purpose because, number one, people, when it comes to math, finance, anything like that, their eyes glaze over. The majority don't understand it, don't know it. Don't get me to the end of the show. That's my final topic. (laughs) Don't get me there too soon. Number two, we've been social media. 
the internet. Those things I've said for a couple years now. We're not mature enough for social media, is my opinion. We have too much information in our hands. And by the way, folks, just so you know, I'm not being a hypocrite. I This show and me personally, I got a lot of social media. And I've watched it devolve our our culture. I believe it's devolved. Well, gave everybody a soapbox thinking they were... The Every, grandmaster of everybody. Everybody's 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So I just watched a state convention in Michigan with about 3,100 3, people in a room. And two-thirds of them think, each one of them, by the way, each one of them think they're the smartest person in the room. Well, okay, come on. Well, you know why? It's because when you get on social media, you live within a bubble. And you think everybody, you know, those 15 likes you get, you're now the know-all, end-all, be-all. Because 15 people liked you, they agree with you, you know everything. Well, that's... 15 people out of 330 million in just this country. And algorithms and attachments are driving that narrative. It forces you further into your bubble. It does. But listen, that's not the I talk about this too often. I apologize. That's not the arena of ideas. No. And when you say going to the moon doesn't matter, joining an organization doesn't matter, the, the government schools has turned you into a taxi cab to haul your children all over to every event they can think of because that's marketing 101, by the way. That's how they keep you tied to government schools. Uh, it's the classic example of when a person says, I hate public school, but I can't talk anymore. i got to get, get my kids off the bus. Go, Wait a minute. What did you just say? <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I hate to make this. I'm not trying to make the show about this. But we've got a big cultural crisis going on. Folks, stay with us because we've got a lot more to cover, and we'll be right back. All right, Ludwig, let's change gears. I'll get off my soapbox and... Stop the rant. You mean just step onto another one? I step onto another one. Good, <laughs> good, very good. Thank you. So, how do you say the guy's name? Med Medved Medvedev. Med, say that again. Medvedev. Wow, how did you practice this stuff? Or are you just good at it? Yeah. <laughs> He's the prime minister of Russia, correct? Yeah, former president. Former president. He held the spot for a little while. So the Constitution allowed the dictator back in. Yeah. So the prime minister spot, I believe, was created for Putin. And, and then Putin traded it out, traded, traded back, back to the presidency. Yeah, I listen. We're we have strange times. And he's also the one that Obama said after I get reelected, I can I have more leniency. Yeah, think about that. For on a, a hot mic. On a hot mic. Yeah. yeah, remember that we talked about that oh, at yeah. the time on the show. And yeah, let yeah, Vladimir know that after I get reelected, I have more leniency. Right, and I don't want to get into the blues in in the Reds debate. So I'm just going to focus on the media. Yeah. Anything that Trump said, good or bad, by the way, didn't really matter, was terrible. It was an outrage, and it was in the paper. You know, it was, it was the 7- to 10-day news cycle. Anything that Biden does, anything that Obama did, like that kind of buffoonery, just dead silence on the air. It was no big deal. No big deal at all. It was not a It problem. was in our interest. It was in our interest. Yeah, as soon as as soon as the voters aren't paying attention anymore, I'll be able to do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. He's literally that doesn't matter. So Medvedev, whatever his name is, floats idea of pushing back Poland's borders. What's your opinion of that story, folks? This is from the news.yahoo.com. Boy, Miles, if you were on today, would be ragging me for all of my liberal 
leaning source, sources. Well, we don't have enough time, otherwise I'd really lay into you. But the irony in this is that I just met a woman who was from Poland. Yep. And her family have been taking in refugees. From the Ukraine. From the Ukraine. And they said that the fighting is actually spilling over the border into Poland. Right. I've seen that. Yep, I've seen that. Which I thought was a direct NATO conflict. Yeah, but listen, this all goes back to NATO. In fact, if I would have thought about it, one year ago, I did a 60-second piece. If I would have thought about it, I would have asked Jared to put it in the line today. Because it talks about the fact that this is a century, multiple centuries old war. And that the leader of Ukraine ain't any better than the leader of Russia. These two people are bookends. They're murderers. They're thieves. Heck, they make a deal with, with Hunter Biden. Anybody that would make a deal with the Biden family, you know, is a crook. Trump These got, people are dirty. Trump got investigated for talking to them. But that's different than <laughs> taking millions from them. Yeah. It's different from threatening them with, with financial respite. If you, I don't want to go down that path. But here's what I'm getting at. When I look at this, and by the way, I'm not being sensational. This is a proxy war. And, and I don't know that it's going to turn into a direct conflict or not, but it's growing. And I said in that 60-second piece exactly one year ago, it will grow. And I'm not doing the I told you so thing. I'm saying, folks, it's going to continue to grow. The only way it will stop is if we reel our government in. Well, it's about to become really big. you got a well, whole other player about to jump in. We are billions upon billions of gifted money. So we're meeting with China to discuss our debt while we're gifting the crook in Ukraine, billions upon billions of dollars that isn't ours. So we go, wait a minute, where are they coming up with that money from? Answer is always the same. They just print it. Don't worry, they print it. And then you go to a separate news article because they've got this stuff so pigeonholed it's hard to add it up. Separate, completely separate article, and it's talking about the devaluation of the U.S. dollar. The dollar is in free fall. No, I'm not advocating for gold and silver. I'm only telling you that the dollars are in free fall. And it's because they don't have the billions they're giving Ukraine. They didn't have the billions in the, all of the different responses to their mismanagement of COVID. They didn't have them either. Well, it's also um, part of the trust, right? So being a fiat currency is on our trust. And we have a major debt ceiling debate going on right now. So whenever we see that, we also see the dollar fall. That's true. It, but it all combines mm -hmm. to make it so that you can't afford to go to the grocery store. Well, and it makes it more expensive for us to fund a war like this. And the government was so surprised when inflation went up higher than they predicted this month. And well, <laughs> you didn't have to be surprised. You should have listened to our show last month. I didn't hear about it. Because we told you what it was going to do. I figured the economy was just booming. Isn't that what they said last month? Yeah, but they also gave you inflation numbers that do not include any energy. Any inflation in your energy bills, folks, doesn't include any food, any inflation in your food, doesn't include much of housing, because they twist those numbers up. So is your housing going up? You like that till you pay tax on it. How about your education, which is going through the roof? And while education, higher education goes through the roof, their numbers of students are plummeting. Uh -huh. And the numbers of students in public schools are plummeting. The, this stuff ain't news because it doesn't serve their agenda. 
I'm sorry, I got I didn't rule myself. No, out. but this I mean, this Poland this Poland border thing is very. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal because we know where World War II, the eventual invasion of Poland, those types of things. Poland seems to be kind of a pinnacle country when it comes to these type of global conflicts throughout history, because of where they're located in that region, they're the pathway for the two sides to collide in. Yeah. They've always been on the pathway to you know, destruction and mayhem. Do you think we could go back to Afghanistan and get the, like, hundreds of billions of dollars of equipment we left and bring it to Poland? Um, or is that just gone? Or maybe go to Iran and get the airplane full of cash that we gifted them. That $800 million is not going to do anything. Yeah, that's no big deal. It's only $800 million. Until you sit down and think about, wait, the average person's annual contribution to the federal government, not counting all the money that they don't know they're paying because it's buried in the products they buy, but just their actual contribution is in the neighborhood of four grand a piece. So when you start dividing that $800 million, that's no big deal, into the numbers of U.S. citizens that work their behinds off to give their entire contribution to an illegal boat or airplane ride to a, a country, forget what we think of it, it has declared itself our enemy. And in case anybody thinks that leaving equipment behind is new, I believe we were throwing helicopters off of the ships leaving Vietnam. Yep. So this isn't a new thing. We just we actually do a cost analysis. Is it cheaper to bring it back or leave it? We dumped helicopters into the ocean. We left we left more in Vietnam in military equipment than the entire British Army owned at the time. We just left it. And listen, folks, they always do this cost analysis about transportation. Why in the world would you arm your enemies? Forget cost transportation. Why would you do that? At least there we threw them in the ocean. In, we didn't just leave them in on. In Vietnam? Yeah, at least we didn't oh, just no, leave no. them on the tarmac. Oh, no, no. We, we left, left stuff there. but we, we, left, we literally left on the ground. We literally left on the ground more for our enemies' use than all of the United yeah, Kingdom no, no, owned I, at the I, time. I was That's a big that. statement to make. It really is crazy stuff. Before I get on to the actual list thing, uh, have you been following what's going on with Jimmy Carter? Um, he's not doing well. Hospice care. It sounds more like end-of-life care. He's end-of-life care. And listen, as much as I disagreed with him, by the way, when he was a president, I was a young kid. Miles and I were both young kids. I don't want to put words in Miles' mouth, so I'll speak for me. Listen, I thought he was a nice guy that I disagreed with. Mm -hmm. And then as he got later in life, for, after his presidency, I listened to some of the speeches that he gave overseas, and they were rancid negative towards the United States. Setting politics aside, he's had a good life, but I don't want to see anybody suffer. No. So prayers are with him and his family, all politics aside. It's kind of crazy. He was president before I was born. And yet, since I've been alive, two of the presidents that were alive, you know, voted in, served their term since I've been alive, are gone. Almost everything in this world that has any value happened before you were born. I know. That's what a kid you are. <laughs> the boomers ruined it all. Yeah, the boomers. They wanted the junk on credit, right? Boomers, boomers, boomers. You believe that? Uh, I think there's truth to it. Do I think you guys destroyed everything? No. You definitely think, built things up. I think boomers are who created your little buddy doll that made you a better that person. That made millions. That made you a and better. And now created made transgenders. You a, made you a better person. I'm just telling you. Folks, stay with us. We've got to go to a break, but we will be right back.
Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, and my co-host today is Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Listen, we're coming to you from our flagship station, WHTC. That's 1450 AM and 99.7 FM in beautiful Holland, Michigan, right out on the shores of Lake Michigan. Uh, but having said that, we've got some wonderful affiliates all across a number of the states, and we just recently added Anchorage, Alaska, folks. I think it's the same temperature here as it is there, I just wanted to say. Listen, Ludwig, let's jump back into this for a minute. I see that Putin has backed out of, what do you say, suspended the one the, the a nuclear arms agreement with the United States. Mm-hmm. Is this just hyperbole, him trying to scare us into stopping the funding of the Ukrainian side of that battle? No, I, I don't think that he wanted in it. Uh, they have, I think it's three to one. So in the treaty, we actually disarmed and dismantled, I think, nearly three to one in our arsenal. So they have a much larger arsenal than we do. Um, on top of that, he has no reason to stay in it if he's really going to go in the direction I feel he's trying to move us to, which mean, is recreating the bloc. And, he's putting the Soviet Union back together. Yes, with the help of the Chinese. And listen, I think that that might very well be, you can't look inside the guy's head. So contrary to what CNN says, there is nobody familiar with his thinking. That's not a source. But just as a guess from watching him over the last 20 years, I think he would like to see his swan song be, he's the Gorbachev tore it apart and he's the guy that put it back together again. I think he believes believes that. Um, <laughs> I, to me, it's all dangerous stuff. Let's move on, though. Ex-Bill Clinton aide. Tied to Jefferson Epstein death, rule a suicide. Reports of hanging, a gun wound, but no gun found. Um, I don't know how that stuff works. I bring this up because we were talking about Democrats' presidents. And, and of course, in the past, we've, when, when Hillary was running for president, we got to re- revisit all of the lists of the many people in their inner circle that committed suicide. Uh, I'll suicide you, I think, was the joke. Yeah. Sad joke. Clinton Nap. Listen, the guy didn't kill himself. Say Clinton Nap. Clinton Nap. Do you, are you suggesting somebody killed him? Yes. This guy, guy was a, a leader in the Arkansas political ring, and he was a big deal, relatively speaking, on a national level, and he shot himself, and then he hung himself. Maybe he hung himself and shot himself. Hold on. Am I missing something? Did you say Epstein shot himself now? No, not Epstein. Okay. The, the guy that connected... Bill Clinton is the man that just smoked himself, and then he hung himself. Oh, okay. I don't know what order they're saying that happened in. If he shot himself and then he hung himself, or if he the other way around, I don't know. But but was I, it two shots at the front of the head again? <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't get how, and this is not a decent and ours. I hate when I get stuck on this path. I don't know how the Democratic people, the folks, good people that I just disagree with. I don't know how they can read these stories and and not say, golly, what are we supporting? I think for the average Joe, let's just go average. You're, you're not average. You critically think. You're, how come Joe always gets picked on? Joe is not a bad okay, guy. Okay, let's be the average Claude. Claude? It sounds like a French-Canadian, so. Let's be the average Claude. Could be Claudette. Well, maybe when they turn 13, they'll become Claudette. I don't know. I don't think they got to wait that long anymore. <laughs> but let's just say you're the average Claude. And you read, oh, this guy killed himself, and you go, you know what? 
I got three soccer practice today. I don't know how I'm going to make my car payment. I got to go to work to get rent done. That guy means nothing in my life. I'm moving on. What they don't understand is that that incident does matter in their life in the long run. It's kind of like macro and microeconomics. People like micro because it affects them today. Macro is 10 years down the road. People don't think of it affects you directly in your everyday life. It doesn't matter. So they look at it with all those issues and go, eh, okay. And, and they move on. There's no uh, relevance in them paying their car payment, their rent, getting to work, taking their kids to soccer. Tell me something, though. Is there, of course, I know we've got a generational difference. And by the way, folks, as much as we pick on each other about that, I think that that's one of the good things about what we're doing with this show because we do have different vantage points. You're usually wrong. I'm usually right. The difference is experience. Right. There's a difference between the boomers and the seniors. (laughs) But what I don't get is the devaluation of life. That's the part I, I have a tough time getting my head around. In my world, when I was younger than you now, by the way, because you are getting old. Yeah. When I was, Miles and I both, when we were in our 20s, for somebody to do this, it was, it was, we perceived it as a big deal without worrying about whether it was a D or an R first. But it was, it was a leader, but we used to have vastly more respect for the offices we're talking about. How often did you hear about it, though? It seems like it's all the time now where it's just kind of over your head. So just you're just, we're just drowning in a sea of nonsense, so we tune it out. Jared, you're younger than us all. What do you think on this topic? I am, and I'm uh, actually curious to ask what you think people could do to engage with this in a, in a different way. Like you said, uh, Ludwig, kind of the idea of someone just looking at it, being like, this doesn't affect me, then brushing it off, or, or something like, I don't know who that is, why should I care? What is what is the way that you think people would engage with that that would be it, effective? This is, this is my opinion. Sure. Okay. Well, I, it, to me, it's all about family and education. It really is. And so I'm a speaker at a large organization. I say large, a large meeting, 150, maybe 200 people. How many people in the room, this was a state of Michigan issue, how many people here today know how the Republicans or the Democrats nominate statewide candidates? And two or three people raise their hand. Uh, These are really basic civic duty things. It matters when you're paying attention. If you value life, and I don't want to get into the abortion debate, but one thing I can tell you for certain, and I, I genuinely wish Miles, because of his age, was here to chime in, America changed not just about abortion. Our view of the sanctity of life, and I'm, I'm, I'm folks, truly, I'm not making the state about, statement about abortion. I'm making a cultural observation. We changed how we see these things as a result of that original Roe v. Wade decision. Now I think we're lost in the sea of information, and I think Lud is correct, and I think that's like the fourth time this year already, where <laughs> I'm, but I'm I think there's, there's also there's so much that we just tune it all out. So when you were a kid, if you watched My Three Sons, did the mother and father sleep in the same bed? They didn't show it. They didn't show it. And they then they went, it. then when like Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. They had twin beds. They had twin beds. And then we went to where families did sleep together. Then we have now there's actual sex on TV to the point where, depending on if it's cable right. or what channel, is actual nudity. The, the, de- the degrading of the culture from the 1950s forward has just been but they, consistent. But the other side of the divide thinks that you're locked up in the Victorian era of 
of you know fake and lies and not by but one of the things that made me smile when you were talking about that because I am from the era of I Love Lucy and all that. That was when I was a very young young person. My sister's seven years older than me, but when she was in her very young years, 10 through 13, 14, she didn't think people like... Um, um, Went to the bathroom? Yeah, didn't go to the bathroom because <laughs> there was no bathrooms. They must not have to go to the bathroom because there's no bathroom. But see, I think the problem we've had, and it's always in everything, whether it's race, gender, everything we can think of, Right. Is we have a pendulum that's so far one way, we want it to get to the middle, but we never go to the middle. We go all the way to the other way. Right. So instead of showing no bedroom to twin beds, which isn't realistic, to passionate, hot, steamy sex, which isn't realistic, there's no middle. There's That pendulum never gets to the middle. I mean, let's think about it. Fox News this week has been playing this Murdoch trial. Yep. How important is this young man or whatever really to the grand scheme of what's going on in this country. Listen, it goes back to what my sister said, talking about $33 trillion. You guys talking about us on this show. Yep. You guys need to dial this back. What's that mean to me? Because to most folks, including her, these are just monster-sized numbers that they just, they don't mean anything to them. No, I write it out on the board, and it's funny. Because then I'll write out their check account. In checking, your class. Yeah, my check your... And I write out their checking account number, like it's 42, 142. And their eyes get so big, like, oh, my God, that's how big that number is. I said, even here's your lifetime earnings, $5 million. You're not going to touch. I said, here's Bill Gates' entire wealth, and it's still four zeros short. And their eyes get huge. They understand it. It's a fascinating thing. I'm, that's my view. It's very, very fascinating. Listen, I got it. We've got to go to a hard break again, but you got to do me a personal favor. Stay with me because my favorite part will be here in just a couple seconds. We'll be right back. Truism number 67 with Mike Hewitt. Strong faith, family, and education make a bright future. Yet there's been a concerted effort to demonize faith, normalize broken families, and exchange the mission of education for the pursuit of funding. How's that working out? 55 schools in Chicagoland report no proficiency in math or reading. It's the same in cities all across America. Our prisons are filled with empty, angry, illiterate young people from broken families. Please stop the D's versus R's nonsense. Ignore the union's agenda. Get beyond immediate gain ideologies and do something to save future generations. Pop Media advocates an abandonment of faith, marriageless relationships, and social engineering over academic curriculum. Tune them out. They're robbing our young of their future. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Now, listen, I got to do a round robin on this one for a couple different reasons. I'll get there. But Ludwig, you are, folks, just in, if you're just tuning in for the first time, Ludwig von Wiedendorski is an economics professor. That's scary. It scares the bejeebers out of me. I think good folks pay for that. Tell me when you hear that 60-second spot from an academic, from, from a professor's point of view, do you disagree? Do you agree? What strikes out at you? What, what, what's, what do you think? I agree with you. So what, what's, there's a couple different points here. One, I think public schools, K through 12, are definitely into funding versus educating. I see it when they come to me and they don't even know who the president was in 1981 or barely in 2001, uh, in the higher education area, the irony in all the wokeness is they're hiring more and more part-timers, which actually improves the real-world education. 
because we're the people who work in it. We're not the people who just studied in an office. But they're charging more but paying less. Right. So, again, funding's the issue. Funding is always the issue. So funding is definitely the essential basis for education, in my opinion. Listen, we're, I, I agree with all that, but let me add it. And the reason I really wanted to do this now, I, I wanted to do it because it's in the show notes, but, but Jared, you got me on this path even more with your question about, okay, well, what are we supposed to do? You're talking about, Ludwig, about them not knowing government history. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But listen, the cities are growing. Rural is, is and I'm talking about demographic, demographic shifts. So rural America is shrinking. Large cities are growing in terms of popular growth. When I look at the larger population cities in the United States, like the top 20, the functional illiteracy rate is in the clouds. And so I, I look at people's voting. To, and let me say it again. I'm not on the D's and the R's debate. Please don't think that way. But I'm thinking if, if, if I'm functionally illiterate and that person's going to give me 600 bucks, I want the $600. Yeah, I'll vote for that person. But that feeds the negative. It just feeds the negative. Well, you got to think, teachers today are not there to teach you knowledge. They're there to, there to teach you how to pass a test. Well, that's funding. That's substantially different than teaching knowledge. But that's all about funding. Yeah. And by the way, they, they don't care. And, and I don't want to paint with such a big brush. There's a lot of good teachers. I got to stop. There's that. a lot of great teachers, but they're not able to actually be great. They're in a they're in a really broken system. Yes. So if the if the if the goal of funding is that you pass the test on Friday, it doesn't matter whether you can pass the test again on on Monday. Yeah. And and here's my example. So this is a Chicago Democrat sounds alarm. I, I'm agreeing with this guy. Just so you know. When I start out with Chicago Democrat, I agree with this guy. Man, where's I, Miles? I got to listen. I I know Miles fairly well. I mean, I've known him since tenth grade, and to your point, I'm old. <laughs> Chicago Democrats sound alarm as fifty five schools report no funding proficiency in math and reading. These folks are functionally illiterate. They cannot do a job application. They cannot do basic math standing in line at the movie theater. I want you to think about that for a minute. These are young folks, and you've heard me on this rant for 10 years on the radio now. I think you've been here seven. Eight. Eight is a holy smokes. Have I put up with you that Feels long? like 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure does. Listen, if you're 17 years old, and I say it again, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care about any of those things. If you're 17 and you're standing on the side of a major road in any major city in America and you're functionally illiterate and you don't know basic math, you probably don't know, you don't haven't seen your dad in who knows when, meaning you're from a broken or, or absent family, and everybody passing you is dressed nice or in nice cars, Folks, if we don't think that young person is angry, we're flat lying to ourselves. Now, when you said it's all about money, I'm looking at the math. I'm getting this math from uh, the the Fox News. I confirmed it in other sources, by the way. 9.4 billion, with a B, 9.4 billion dollars went into the funding of those 55 schools that report no proficiency, not low proficiency, no proficiency. I, I Listen, I look at the folks, when people hear me say I blame it on the people, Jared says, what are we supposed to do? That's 
an, uh, that is the center question to all of us. The answer is inform yourself. Information is so accessible now. So forget the sea of information. Hunt for the stuff that immediately affects your family. Knowing that these folks are in Chicago, and by the way, when Miles says the the, the, the flag of um, Illinois now is the U-Haul, it's because good people are saying enough. So let's let me let me give you a quick story here. So I don't think this is new. My, <laughs> one of my best friends when I graduated in 1999 was at best a fifth grade reading level. He goes, Matt, I can barely read. I can't really do math, but I'm going to graduate. I'm like, how are you graduating? You know how to read or do math. I, was like, I just passed the classes necessary. I just barely passed, but I got through. He's not functionally literate in math or reading. Right. But that's 24 years ago still. So this is not a new thing. But funding isn't a new thing either. But when the far left, folks, I'm not talking Democrats. I'm really not. When the far left then says that mathematics is is white privilege. I, I got to tell you, my hair catches on fire. That's not insulting to me. That's insulting to a large swath of the of the United States population, U.S. citizens, that they're, in my view, they're calling stupid. And I got to tell you, they're not. They're being purposely left out of the of the chain of progress. If you take the black community in the United States and drive into the facts, if you look at it from the end of the Civil War through 1965, their education on a graph was a line going in a 45-degree angle straight up. Their economic standing was in a 45-degree angle straight up. And then President Johnson figured out what he could do to reinvent the welfare system and incentivize broken families. That's had an impact on the black community terribly. And by the way, this isn't black or white, because once the far left figured out that that worked, they turned it on folks of all colors, because they want to make you, they want to make you where you owe them. You got to vote for them to keep the train going. That's not how, that's not leadership. And let me add you another thing. I'll talk about the right for a minute. Populist rhetoric. I don't care if it's on social media or from a presidential candidate. Populist rhetoric is not leadership. It isn't the answer. Don't put your finger in the air and say, that's the way the wind blows, so that's what I'm going to say today. we got to get back to what's real. What's real is young people have to not be literate. As parents, fathers, by the way, fathers, by the way, we've got to get back to doing our job. And if we, if we don't, we can't blame it on the D's and we can't blame it on the R's. we got to go grab a mirror and look that person in the mirror right in the eyeballs. Well, I think it's all parents, but I can tell you, I think... It is, but the fathers are the ones... By the way, I was a single-parent father. I raised my daughters for most of their young life. I'm not taking a shot at men. I'm only looking at the math. Yep. Most of the men... We can blame it on the courts. We can blame it on a thousand things. But the men are the missing component here. So the United States Department of Education founded in, in uh, 1979. Now, technically, it was actually founded by Andrew Jackson in 1867. But its only purpose then was to collect information and stats about the nation's schools. In 79, they actually got involved in curriculum and things. And I think that's where our downfall of education started. And taking people away from being critical thinking and proficient in math, English, history, you got to know where you were, went, so you know where you're going, went away. 
And we became, now they call it this STEM base. I'm down to 30 seconds. I, I got to wrap us up, but I want to end it on this point. Massachusetts Democrat told to step down after abortion comments. What is the comments were was that children with disabilities uh, who are not aborted are too expensive. And the reason I'm putting that in there right now is it's all about it's it's all about funding. When they look at these things, that's the equation that they put on them. This is a guy here talking that was born with a disability. And so when I hear that, I think, wait a minute. Is he saying that myself and my four daughters and my nine grandchildren children were not worth an investment? I don't I reject that kind of thinking. I'm just telling you. Folks, listen, thank you very, very much for joining in. Please find us. Um, the Mike Hewitt Show.com and be safe. We will see you next week. <laughs>